Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. Well, I'm really looking forward to this message today and the effect that it's going to have in our lives if we put it into practice. Before I talk about the message, can I ask you this? And we are going to say this every single week at Church at Home, so please don't get bored of it. Please don't tune it out. I really want to encourage you. Get into a hub. I really want to remind you and encourage you that the value of church is not just taking in content. It is doing life together. It's sharpening one another as iron sharpens iron. We talked about that last week. Get together in community. Be with some people and really make deep connections. Now, for some people, you say, I don't feel like I need that in my life right now. The thing is, when the time comes that you do need it, you're going to want to know you have those friends in your life, those people that you know and those people who know you. And there's some people who say, like, I'm doing good right now. And so I don't know if I need to really dig in that way. But guess what? Somebody else in that group needs you there. They need your presence. They need your involvement. So get in a hub. If you're not in one, there's info in the chat right now that's going to help you get connected. Now, last Thursday, we all gathered together for team night. And oh, it was special at Kitts Beach, baptizing people and getting at least to kind of see one another from a distance and enjoy our time together. And I'm really looking forward to the moments in time where our church will gather in bigger settings, gather in larger places. But we're going to keep on doing church at home because the value of this, the fact that we are connected right now from Vancouver to Kelowna to Victoria to Florida and Las Vegas and England and Singapore and Japan, all over the world, what a blessing it is. And I don't take it lightly, the honor it is to share the Word of God with you and to open up the Bible and believe for God to do something. It's a miracle. I'm telling you, it's a miracle anytime you can sit with a group of people, share the Word of God, and see the light go on for one person or two people. Imagine that, the complexity of two different lives. Two different lives, I should say, and we're both getting something out of Scripture. And today I'm daring to believe that across time zones and borders and cultures and that it's a myriad of experiences that we would all receive from God's Word today. It's a miracle, but we're asking God for the miraculous. Why don't we pray together as we dive in? Jesus, I trust you. I honor you. And I believe today that you are going to use your Word to speak to our hearts. So right now, I'm quieting my own heart, quieting my own mind, and putting away distractions so I can be focused in on what you want to speak to us. Holy Spirit, I invite you to do your best today. In your name, amen. Hey, if you're taking notes today, we're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 3. And as we do, I'm going to give it this title, and so you can kind of let this resonate through the message. Here's the title, Trust Issues. Anyone today got a trust issue? You know, here's the thing. We are designed in such a way that we're all meant to trust. We all trust something. Even if the something that we trust or the someone that we trust is ourself. We are designed with trust at the center of who we are. It's why people are so shocked when a celebrity disappoints us. Well, when we find out, oh, the the inner working of that person's life is different than what I saw on the outside, it's shocking because we just put trust in what we saw on camera. It's why there's a group of people who are never surprised when a celebrity disappoints. Why? Because they trusted their own opinion of all famous people. 
They're like, I never trust people. What are you saying when you say I don't trust easily? You're saying I trust only myself. I can only trust myself. We're all designed to trust. And today I want to push us if I could or challenge us if I could that, that putting our trust in God is the best place we could possibly put it. In Proverbs chapter 3, you're going to see this call to a life of trust. This call to a life that is leaning into and holding on to and putting our trust in God. Let, let me start here at the beginning. There is a principle to this. Now this, this is the, the, the fact in scripture. Often we look to apply the promise of God when what is being communicated to us is a principle. And what happens is if people hear a principle as a promise, they say, if this happens, then this will certainly happen. They become so disillusioned with God when they say, I know of this one person whose life story didn't turn out that way. Now, when Solomon is writing these principles of Scripture, he is writing, uh, this is the general way that a person should live. And if you live this way, here's the general way that it leads. Are there exceptions? Perhaps. And even God is able to work in those situations. I shouldn't say even God. I should say God is able to work even in those situations to work together for good for those who are called according to his purposes because he loves people so much. But let me show you the, the principle at play here in Proverbs chapter 3. It starts at, at verse 1. It says, My son, don't forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. They will prolong your life many years and they'll bring peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablets of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and the sight of man. So there's a few things happening here. Here's the principle that Solomon is teaching. He says, if you can apply wisdom to your life, if you can not only just listen to wisdom and let it go through one ear and not the other, but actually apply it to your life, here's what's going to happen for you. Your life will be prolonged and your life will be peaceful and it will lead to prosperity. He's giving this definition of what prosperous life would look like. A long life and a good life. Like it's more and it's deeper. It's wider and it's richer. He, he's saying, I want your life to go well in length and longevity, but I also want it to be deepened in quality. Imagine if you have one and not the other. It was a good time, but not a long time, like the song says. That, that's not a life of prosperity. Or it stretched out forever and it was pretty mediocre the whole time. That's not a prosperous life either. Solomon says that there is a quality to wisdom, if you can apply it to your life, that will lead to prolonged and peaceful, prosperous life. Now that's a principle. You, you say, I know of this one person who their life was not as peaceful as I, I thought it should be, or their life was not as prolonged as it some tragedy took place. That, that's true. But the principle is at work here, that if we can apply wisdom to our life, there is this enriching that takes place and a longevity to our life. He goes, here's how you apply that. Here's the principle that I want you to take from that. I want you to bind it around your neck. I think that's interesting that he talks about a neck. What happens primarily in this neck, you know, there's swallowing that takes place and, and maybe coughing and sneezing, although not during this season, certainly not in public. Like, you know what I'm talking about. But there's also communication. Communication happens from your voice box in your neck. I think what he's saying is watch and guard the things you say. Bind this, this word, the, the, this 
uh, wisdom lifestyle around your neck so that the things you are saying, the way you are speaking is in accordance with wisdom. Let your communication be wise communication. He goes, here's how you're going to apply it to your life always and see the prolonged life and the peaceful life, the prosperity that comes in that. Communicate in love and faithfulness. But he, he goes a little step further. He goes, not only what you communicate, but also I want you to, to write it on the tablets of your heart. I think this speaks not only to the things we say, but our courage. Our heart is where our courage lives. He goes, I want you to apply your communication and your courage in one direction and one direction only. Wisdom. Like really internalize the things that I'm giving you. It is going to lead to a richer, fuller, longer, better life. The principle that is at play here is that wisdom affects all of our life. Wisdom is not something that you just cash out real quickly. And you say, well, I applied some wisdom so I can now make a quick withdrawal of an increase of finance. No, no, no. It is about a longer, deeper, better, more prosperous life. It's a lifelong blessing that comes with wisdom. The principle at play would be this, that wisdom is not just instantaneous. It's not just for the quick fix. It's not just for the quick cash out. It's a lifestyle that is enriching. Does that make sense? I, I could keep saying it over and over. And so it sinks in, but I really want us to understand the principle because the practice is where this thing gets difficult. If we miss the principle, the practice won't be worth it. It's like that, that old saying, you play the way you practice. But if you're not playing to win, if you're not playing for a championship, if you're not playing for the, the, the right or the opportunity to win a medal, to win an award, to, to, to hoist a trophy, it's hard to put in practice when you don't understand the principle. And so the principle is so important for us to get. God wants to elongate your life. He wants to enrich your life. He wants to bless you. And he uses wisdom as a vehicle to do that. So let your communication be an indicator to you of where your heart's at. And let your heart, the courage, the seed of your courage, be the thing that motivates what you speak on. Probably could be a message in and of itself. But I do want to move from the principle to the practical. Today, let's talk a little bit about the practical. How do I apply God's wisdom in my life? Is wisdom just like at one point in time, it will be required of me? It's like uh, walking into an exam and needing to cram all the information I might need to know so I can throw it out on the page and, and get it all. No, no, no. Wisdom, the practicality of wisdom is far more uh, moment by moment, day by day lifestyle. It's not an exam you write. It's a lifestyle that you live. Look at what it says here in, in the practical of how we live in more trust of God. It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. You ever heard that verse before? That's a good one. I mean, it gets quoted a lot. It's difficult and it's hard to do. The practical of living in wisdom, the practical of trusting God is where the principle can come into play. So he says this, I want you to trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, I heard it said recently that the heart is the first thing to wander and the heart is also the first thing to return. I love that. I, I get chills even as I think about that because it could be today as you're listening to this and you're engaging in church that on the outside, everything looks great, but on the inside, you know your heart has begun to wander. Or it could be that on the outside of your life, people would say, oh man, 
You're in disarray. You're in chaos, but on the inside, your heart has already begun to return to God. Your heart has already begun to apply itself to the wisdom of God. And, and the, the beauty of this, uh, of the whole thing is this. The Bible says God looks at our heart. The, the people might judge you from the outward appearance. God is looking at our heart. Our heart can be the first thing to wander, but it's also the first thing to return. And I want you to know you don't have to fix the chaos in your life in order to come back to God. You can just make that decision right now. I'm returning with my heart and God's going to give you the strength. So it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do you know that this word, if if it were to be put in a picture, it means to lay out on the ground face first. That's what it means to trust in the Lord. It's this picture given that I am completely and wholly at the mercy of God. Like I'm so defenseless right now that if God were the floor in this picture and he were to fall out from under me, I would be belly flopping into my future. It is trust in the Lord, lay out on the floor completely and just trust in God and await the next thing that he's calling you to. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now I want to speak to this because I don't know how many of us have done this piece that well. In fact, you say, I try to trust God, but it's hard. I try to trust God, but it's a discipline. I'm trusting God for my, my career future, but I'm having a hard time trusting God for my relationships. I'm trusting God for my salvation, but man, trusting God for joy right now is really difficult for me. I'm trusting that God has a hope and a future for me, but my goodness, it feels like a long distant future. I'm just having a hard time trusting. This type of trust, it's not speaking of perfect trust. It's speaking of persistent trust. You you might have lacked perfect trust like me. I, I really, this is a daily fight, a daily battle to put my trust in God. But what God is calling us to is not perfection in the area of trust. It's persistence in the area of trust. Don't stop Coming back to that place where you're willing to kind of lay out on the floor and say, God, it's all yours. Now, now for someone, you've literally gotten off your couch right now and you're like, I guess I'll just trust in God. It's not speaking to the physical act. It's saying that's the, the amount of abandon with which we trust. And it goes further to say this. Here's how you know that you're trusting the Lord with all your heart. You are not leaning on your own understanding. Because here's what can happen. We can tend to say, yeah, I totally am trusting God and... I already have a backup plan in place in case he doesn't come through. But by virtue of that, you're not trusting in God. To trust in God is to stop leaning on your backup plan. It's to burn the proverbial ships, as you will. To say, I have this forward-thinking mentality. I do not have a backup plan for this. I'm really putting my trust in God. I heard one person put it this way, that if you put one foot on a rock and the other put foot on quicksand and you are leaning on both your feet, you will sink just like you would if you had both feet in quicksand. Like, like in order to get the stability that comes with trusting in God, you need to put both of your feet upon the rock and trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with everything you got. Like to be laid out on the floor, if you will, and say, God, I'm not going forward unless you call me to. Trusting the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. For some people, this is the biggest challenge because you say, God, I am so brilliant. 
It's hard for me to submit my greatest area of strength. I have so much understanding. I've lived a life. I study. I take information in. I, I'm adapting. I, I, I think I got a gift of wisdom. Like I'm pretty good at this whole thing. And that's a real sacrifice you need to make to say, even though this is illogical, even though I could probably just figure this thing out by myself, I'm truly trusting in the Lord with everything I got. I'm pulling my own understanding off the table. I'm pulling just the advice of other people that I actually was seeking out myself, trying to find a friend who would agree with my perspective. I'm just going to pull that off the table and I'm going to put all my trust and confidence in God. If you want to live in the principle that's promised, a prolonged life, a peaceful life, a prosperous life, if you want to live in that principle, then it's going to affect your communication, it's going to affect your courage, but the practicality of it is, in every situation, I'm trusting God with my whole heart. I've pulled my own understanding off the table, I'm putting both feet upon the rock, getting out of the quicksand, I'm just going to trust God. Now, how do you do that? Well, in all your ways, submit to Him. Yeah, easier said than done, right? I love this word, ways. It's like everything you do, include God. How do you know you're trusting God with all your heart? Include Him in everything. Hold up. Include God in my like relationship decisions? Absolutely. Hold up. Include God in the way I spend my time? Yep. Hold up. Include God in, in, in like my discipline around sleep and eating and, and help? Yep. Hold up. Include God around like the, the things I set my mind to, like my education and my, my higher learning? Yep. Hold up. Include God in, in like the romantic part of my life? Absolutely. Hold up. Include God in, in the, the things that I, I do just for me, like my own self-love, my own self-care, my own self. Yes, include God in everything. He says in all your ways. Like, you can try to find an exception, but if you really trust in the Lord with all your heart, then you include Him in everything. And the result will be that He will direct your path. Now, maybe we've misunderstood this to think, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on, on your own understanding, acknowledge Him in all your ways, and God will dominate you. But the truth is, God will direct you. And what will He use to direct you? Often, He will use the path that you're on. And you will find yourself serendipitously, almost by mistake, falling into favor. You will find yourself saying, well, like, God's yoke really is easy. His burden really is light. Now, I'm not saying you won't have to persevere through some things, but the hardest thing you'll need to persevere through is to make the decision that I'm going to keep trusting God. That's probably the most fundamental decision you'll need to make. It is not to stress out in every moment, go, oh, what do I do now? Where, where's God's wisdom for this? I'm panicked. But just to go, oh, I, I, I was just tempted to include my own wisdom there. I was just tempted to kind of tell God to back off and get his own sandwich. I was tempted to ask God, like, get out of this. I, I'm going to do my own thing here, but I'm going to include God in all of this. That's going to be the biggest battle. And when you do, God, will direct your path. I hope this doesn't come across like I'm being too trite or simple. I hope this doesn't come across that, that you're, oh, you're just making it feel like it's all theory. It's all just about that principle. No, this is super 
practical to say, I'm, I'm going to include you in everything, God. The things that I've felt are just mine. I'm going to include you in those things as well. The things that I have felt like, yeah, God doesn't have time for this. God's got the whole, whole galaxy to keep in control and sustain. And he probably doesn't care about this small thing. I'm going to actually have the confidence and the humility to believe that God cares about it all. I'm going to lay out on the ground and just say, if the ground were to fall out from under me, I'd be lost. I'm trusting in God with all my heart. I'm leaning not on my own understanding. and I'm submitting to him in all my ways. God, you have a say in everything. And I'm going to trust that you'll direct my path. There's a commentary named Clark who says, The grand sin of the human race is our continual endeavor to attempt to live independently of God. The greatest sin of the human race to try constantly to be living independent of God. From the fall of mankind through till this morning, I have struggled with my desire and my want to, to not need anyone, including God. And so you and I need to practice the presence of God. You and I need to practice that understanding and, and an acknowledgement that God cares about it all. And if we would trust in him truly, really, wholly, fully, that he will direct our path. And where will he direct our path? Towards a prolonged, peaceful, even prosperous life. It's going to change the way we talk and communicate. It'll change the things that we have courage about. And, and, and now let me move from principle to practical and now to particular. I'm going to give you three areas, just really quickly, three particular areas that we can do a little self-test and say, how am I doing really in trusting God in all my ways? Now, now all, it speaks to totality. And so someone might be like, I'm doing great. In 98.7% of my ways, I have acknowledged God. Well, what is God calling you to? Probably the other 1.3. It's in all your ways. So let me give you a few particulars that might actually expose how difficult it is to really trust in God in all our ways. Number one comes here in, in verse seven. Let me read this to you. It says this, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Now, this is a really particular area that we can acknowledge God in all our ways. This is probably one of the areas I have struggled with the most. When I think, I know best. When I think, I've already figured out a solution, so why would I pause to pray? I, I, I think, at times, I pray as a last resort. I've tried everything I know to do. Now I, I guess I'm just going to have to pray about it. But to pause and include God when I already think I know what the answer is. A developed, ongoing, present Prayer life is one of the ways you can test, am I really acknowledging God in all my ways? Have I included God even in the decisions that seem simple? Now, now don't get me wrong. God is not asking for you to pause when you get to the front of the line at the fast food restaurant and go, ooh, chicken or beef, I don't know, I'm going to have to pray about it. Like, 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 would you like fries with that? You're like, ooh, I did not include that in my, my prayer. I'm going to have to, to check in with God on that. But it's saying this, like even in the small little things that seem so obvious, 
the way that you treat someone who, who had it coming anyway, the way that you respond when somebody has, has made you angry, the way that you respond when, when you're owed some credit that you deserve, the way that you make a decision about your future, you go, oh, that place is cheaper than this place. It's a slam dunk. I'll go with what's cheaper. Can we include God in all those things? Instead of being wise in our own eyes, just pause to pray and include God. What it says is this, it'll bring nourishment to your life. This word nourishment is not about stockpiling wisdom forever. Now I've heard from God and I never need to check in again. It's about being fed continually. And it's funny, the word body here, it's it's the literal word navel. In other words, speaking to the very core of your life, the very center of your life, God wants to nourish your whole life from the inside out. He wants to bring health and wholeness to your whole life from the inside out. And nourishment is not stockpiled. It's moment by moment, day by day, meal by meal, hour by hour. So let's not be wise in our own eyes. Let's not say, thanks God, I checked in with you last Sunday. I'll take it from here. But say, God, would you take me from here? Would you lead me from this point forward? Direct my path. I, I just include you in what I do. I include you in the way I live. Number two, a particular area, uh, it comes here in verse nine. It says this, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Honor the Lord with your wealth. All right, that's tough. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Honor the Lord with what you believe is yours. Honor the Lord with what is mine. Why should I honor God with what is mine? Why? We are acknowledging that everything I have, it comes from God. Everything that I have belongs to Him. And He is keeping control and distributing unlimited resource. When I honor God, not with my leftovers, but with my best. When I honor God, not not with the last thing on my mind, but I say first and foremost, the very first thing, I am bringing to the Lord the best of what I have. I'm trusting Him. And I'm making this excited, anticipatory statement saying, God must have more for me because I'm going to let go of what I think is mine and what I already have in my hand, trusting that there's more coming. That's a life of faith. That's a life of trust. And for some, you're like, why are you talking about money? I'm just talking about the Bible. Here's what the Bible says. You want to put it into the particular? Don't rely on your own wisdom all the time. Don't say, I know this answer. I don't need to include God. Just include him in everything. And when it comes to your wealth, he's already made it pretty clear that he wants you to put him first. This is the biblical principle of tithing, where you say everything that comes in, the first thing I think of is God. The first thing on my mind is God. The first thing on my heart is honoring God and trusting that this first fruit is an indicator of so much more that he has in store. So why wouldn't I live open-handed, releasing what I thought was mine, so I can be prepared to receive even more. And now don't get holier than God on this, by the way, and say, I don't give to get. The Bible says when you give, you can anticipate to receive as well. It's a great test. For some in the midst of COVID-19, you've said, I can't, can't be generous anymore. I got to just hoard a little bit. I got to hold a little bit tighter. I got to pull a little bit closer because I don't know what tomorrow holds. Well, first of all, you never knew what tomorrow held. Second of all, God does know what tomorrow holds. And third, from the very beginning, he's been saying, I want you to trust me with your future. I want you to trust me with your wealth and I will supply for all your needs according not to your goodness, but according to my riches. Oh, it's a good way to live. It's a pretty particular 
way to live. It's like God pointing out an area that we might struggle in. So acknowledge God in all your ways. That's particular. Uh, you know, not trusting on your own wisdom. Acknowledging Him and honoring Him with your wealth. Now the third thing, and with this I close, it speaks uh, this in verse 11. My son, don't despise the Lord's discipline. Don't resent God's rebuke because the Lord disciplines those He loves the way a father would to a son in whom He delights. You know, God delights in you. God loves you. God's crazy about you. And part of that is that God really cares to help you become the best that you can be. And part of that discipline is, is going through pain. You know, I, I think we think if God really loved us, He'd help us to avoid all pain. No, if God really loved us, which He does, He'll get us through all the pain. Pain, pain comes with life. But God actually has this way of leveraging every painful situation that we'll ever go through to help us grow in character, to help us grow more like Him, to refine us, to purify us. And so, let's not shun or resent or run away from the things that God's trying to do in our life. This is a very particular way to test, am I acknowledging God in all my ways? Like God is taking careful, painstaking uh, time and effort and energy in refining my life. Imagine an artist who, who has a masterpiece. They're going to put more care into that than someone would playing Pictionary. Like, like here's the thing about God. He has all of eternity to develop you and I into the people that He's always seen in us. He has all of eternity to, to make us more like Him. He doesn't feel uh, compelled by a little hourglass that's turned over like you would in rushing through playing Pictionary. He has a perfect design in store for you. You are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which were created before the foundation of the earth were laid, by the way. God has had this plan for you. And part of Him getting you there is discipline. So don't run away from pain. Don't be quick to hate on God when things get hard. And don't second guess his plan for your life just because you've walked through some difficulty. He's not left you. He's not forsaken you. So, I'm not going to live in my own wisdom. I'm going to honor God with my wealth. And I'm going to see the, the pain that I walk through, honestly, as God's love in my life. He, he's working on me and he's, he's allowing me to let go of some things that I've held too preciously. I'm going to walk through some things and trust that on the other side of this, God has blessing, prolonged life, peaceful life, prosperous life. Now there's a whole lot of P's in there, but it's the principle of trusting in God, the practical of how we actually do that, acknowledging Him in all our ways. And then particularly, why don't you test yourself in these three areas? I want to pray for you today, for all of us that we grow in wisdom. And then I'm going to pray and invite you, if you don't know Jesus yet, to make this the day where you include Him in your life. Can we pray, Jesus, I thank you for every person who's at church at home today. I ask that you would help us put into practice this principle, that we would not just have it be that, that your word comes in one ear, not the other, but it would affect the way we communicate around our neck. It would affect the courage that we apply to the life that we live. Help us to live this thing out, to grow in wisdom. Make us more like you. And right now for my friend who, who doesn't know you, if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus, guess what? The first thing to return to God is your heart. You don't have to have your life all together. You can make a decision in your heart and he'll meet you here and he'll respond to you and he'll begin to direct your path. Put your trust in him. Pray a prayer just like this. Dear Jesus, I acknowledge that I need you. I'm imperfect. I'm sinful. I've failed. But I ask you right now that you would forgive me, that you take my life just as I am, and make me more like you. I trust you. 
You're the Lord of my life. Man, if you prayed that prayer today, you are on a new pathway. God is directing your path and he has great things in store for you. We'd love to walk those out with you. Take a moment and let us know in the chat what's going on in your heart so we can walk this out with you. And then for all of us, guys, get it. We got trust issues. We got some issues. It's a hard thing. It's not about perfect trust. It's about persevering trust. So wherever you're at today, don't give up because you've already fallen down. Don't give up because you've already failed. Don't give up because you hear areas you should be better and you're not. Just begin today. Say, I'm going to put my trust back in the Lord. Stop leaning on my own understanding and allow him to direct my path. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.